Welcome into another DJ Football. He is the NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. I am Ryan Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at Move the Sticks. At Move the Sticks is where you follow him. You see him on the NFL Network. DJ, what is up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's started to cool off a little bit, so I'm getting a little bit of that okay, fall good. football feeling. So that's uh, yeah. that's nice. And uh, I've had back-to-back roadies, so I've been traveling on Saturdays with the Chargers. So this Saturday, I'm home. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to have a, a college football Saturday for the first time in a few weeks. Yeah, so Nashville and Minneapolis for you. And, uh, of course, in true Chargers fashion, they go to the last play every single week. Always. That's all you ever get. Three, three weeks in a row. No. Yep, it's, yep, it's crazy. Yep, it, you know, I, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to fill. You know, I, I, you know, I just don't. I don't know what it's like to be like, you know, geez, we still have eight minutes left yeah. in this game. You know, we got to go yeah. big picture, I guess. It's a three-touchdown right. game, like. Don't even yeah. know what that's like. I know. I know. I mean, part of that is fun. You on you on the other hand, different. you know. You on the other yeah. hand got yeah. got to shut that one down pretty early. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I watched every I watched every play. Don't you worry. I watched oh, every yeah. single play. Yeah. I wanted to so go for the take, record. I was, I was hoping I was hoping to get the record. They could have got the 3 and got the record, but I I was uh I know you have the stuff in order what we're going to get to, but I'll go off script here. But the uh go off script. The takeaway the takeaway I had on that game. Uh first of all was if you're like, I think about if you've had a terrible day at work and everybody can mm-hmm. relate to that. You've had a bad day. You're on your way home. You call your wife and you're like, man, it's just, it's, it was awful. It's just an awful day. And you get home and she surprised you with your favorite dinner. Um, and then, you know, maybe there's a, you're, you guys have a movie that you love and she's right, got right, that all right. queued up for you. And so, you know, we're to kick save a really bad day. It's just a thoughtful thing to do. I wonder if Mrs. Hackett, when Nathaniel Hackett walked through that door after just, you know, Zach Wilson can't play. We can't get a first down. I mean, this is a nightmare. He he gets in. She's got a nice steak. She's angled at the kitchen table towards the television, and she has the Broncos-Dolphins game all TiVo'd up, just ready to start. He just cheered him right up. There's only one game I want you to watch, honey. I know you've had a bad day. You lost (laughs) to the Patriots. You lost to the Patriots, but I can cheer you up. Okay, it's a team yeah. in your division. You're going to have to cheer for a team yep. within your division, but I think you're going to like this. That's I fine. really, really do. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to really enjoy this. Let, let me ask you this. We're going to talk about some of the games, but you are at an NFL stadium at the same time that game is going on. When you start seeing yeah. that score on the scoreboard, what is the yeah. reaction when you're like, wow, they're up 42 to 13? Oh my gosh, they're, oh my gosh, they're in the 60s. Oh my gosh, they're 70. They're up 70 to 20. I mean, what is the reaction? You don't ever see this. Well, they got the 35 so fast. And so that yeah. I was seeing it on, I was following it. I always have the scores up on my computer. Right. And I'm not following it closely. You're calling the game, but you keep an eye on them. And it was definitely a double take. Wait, is that second quarter or whatever? So then I, yeah. I would angle the computer towards Matt Money Smith, my play by play guy with the Chargers and show him. And he just kind of went his eyeballs. But then they put it up on the screen. They were rolling the scores. I think it was at halftime. And they're just right. rolling the scores on the screen. And everybody's, you know, eating, whatever. And all of a sudden that one came out. You heard an audible gasp followed by Mm. laughter you could hear the laughter in minneapolis it was uh it was uh, definitely something it it registered let's just put it that way we're going to look at a lot of games that happened over the weekend and look ahead till next weekend but since we're dancing all around it let's go and hit our first topic the show presented by mybookie.ag code next round at mybookie.ag this week and this week only you get 110 percent sign on bonus so your initial deposit they're going to bonus you 110 percent it is yours and yours forever. Play it once and win. You never lose it. They're at mybookie.ag. Code next round at mybookie.ag. Um, look, I mean, we are three games in. So this question is way yeah. too early to be definitive. But there is there a chance this is the best offense in the history of the NFL this year? 
Yeah, it's a that's a strong question coming off a seventy point game. So I think it's worth asking. I I, I, I put it this about. way: the best ones that I've seen, you know, of the time I've been old enough to really understand it and pay attention to it. I, I just jotted these down. Um, to me, the first one would have been going back to Minnesota with Moss in his early years with Chris Carter. That was yeah. it was similar, and I've compared this offense to that offense because obviously different body types. But Tyreek Hill is this generation's Randy Moss, where he's just faster than everybody else on the field, and nobody can do anything about it. So I, I, I would put some similarities there with that Minnesota offense. The ironic thing is, so you have Tyreek Hill has played, uh, obviously in Miami. We'll put him on this list. His Kansas City offenses at the at yep. their height yep. is pretty spectacular. And then I would say the Randy Moss on the Patriots uh, would be the, would be the other one. So. You're yes. talking there's about a common denominator. There's a common denominator. There's a common denominator. Those, yeah. You have the best receiver on the planet on on both yep. those teams. Um, and then, uh, gosh, what was the la- oh the last one? I would say just during my time would be early on in my. Uh, I came in the NFL right after this run, but it would have been the Rams, you know, because and yeah, there's some similarities with the turf. Dolphins. Great show on turf because that was kind of. Uh, it was a little revolutionary the way they were doing it. I mean, they they were, uh, you know, all the shifts and motions, they kind of introduced that whole thing, and they were getting guys running free all over the place, basketball on, on turf, so um, or football on, on grass. The uh, Wait, basketball on grass? What's that phrase, Ryan? Help me out with that. Uh, yeah, basketball, basketball on grass. On turf. I, I, yeah, I think you had it right. You're good. Okay, dance around it. But uh, I, three games, I can't say they're the greatest of all time. There's not enough, no. there's not enough uh, sample size. But I think that those are the conversations that come up with those offenses. Is there anybody that I'm missing? Any offense that I'm missing in there? Um, you know, none, none jump to mind. You know, the when I was growing up, the, the Bill Walsh 49ers offenses were revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but that was Seifert. that was if that was efficiency. Like I, yeah. I just there's a yeah. difference. There's a difference of like holy crap, they're going to score from yeah. anywhere. And, and I know as a lifelong Dolphins fans, the OK gun in Buffalo worried me a lot when you had, you know, Andre Reed, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Keith McKellar, the Jacksonville State University project uh, product at tight end. James Lofton was on a couple. James of those Lofton, teams, right? yeah. I mean those those were really really good offenses there. Don Beebe. You remember that? Yes, yes. So, I mean, there have been a lot of them. This one has a lot of balance. I mean, they are running the ball better this year, and they certainly mm-hmm. did Sunday. They did everything well Sunday. But, um, you know, they're without Jeff Wilson right now. Raheem Mostert has been really, really good. He's added some weight, but he hasn't lost speed. A-Chain uh, has been a remarkable rookie. Oh, no, A-Chain. A- A-Chain. Did you see he changed that now? H-M. Yeah, he came out this week. I just did a whole thing on this on the podcast because yeah, it's tra- if it's a travesty because now it's uh uh it everybody called him a chain forever after the two hundred yard game he goes no I want to be called a chain and I'm like you know what it's a bummer because I had it all queued up for the podcast today because he goes for two hundred and I had the Quad City DJs come on ride a chain. And ride it. Woo, woo. I had changed all the lyrics. I was ready to roll. Yeah. And then now with nope. A-Chan, it doesn't work. The bit, the bit doesn't yep. work. I will call him anything he wants me to call him. He has been tremendous yeah, as a rookie. Yes, oh, he's yeah. been tremendous as a rookie. So fast. He just, I mean, that's what Mike McDaniel wants in that offense is speed. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's got track speed. I mean, that's what that's what they drafted. They drafted him because of his speed out of Texas A&M. Yeah, and the thing that works hand in hand is when you have the speed on the outside that they have with with Tyreek and with Waddle, that's going to create space. So how do you want to attack space? You want to attack space with more speed. So they expand yep. you with their outside speed. Now there's less to navigate for when you want to run the football. 
So it's really a tracks team. It's really, it's really beautiful how it's all come together. And Tua's on his way to, you know, he's the front runner right now, I'd have to say, for, for the MVP, the way he's played through the first three weeks. Yeah, I would have to say that. But did you realize that he doesn't even lead the league in passing yardage? I will test your uh, NFL brain. Do you know well, who leads the league in passing yardage? I will say uh, Herbert's got to be way up there coming off he's of a way up there. game. Yeah, and then I would there. say C.J. Stroud might be sneakily up there pretty high, too. I, I, I think he's number four, if I am not mistaken. I will pull this okay. up to confirm, but I was looking at it last night when I was getting ready for this. I think it is Kirk Cousins. Does that surprise you? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me. I just, yeah, I just seen him last week. I know he I know. over 300 again last week. So, yeah. um, And Jefferson goes off every week. Jefferson, how about that? He missed it by one yard. No receiver. <clears throat> In NFL history, has gone a buck fifty in each of the first three games to start a season. He went wow. He got the one forty nine in week oh, three. Wow. I missed it by a yard. Yeah. yeah so uh, Kirk Cousins, you were all around it. Uh, one thousand seventy five yards so far this year. Tua with okay. one thousand twenty four. To be fair yep. with Tua, he didn't play the entire fourth quarter, so he missed an entire quarter, and he could have probably yeah. thrown for three hundred yards that one quarter. Um, yeah. Justin Justin Herbert nine thirty nine. Matt Stafford after last night nine ten. Okay. Uh, and C.J. Stroud, 906. That's your quarterbacks that are over yeah. 900 yards. So uh, I think Kirk that Cousins Stroud's the most – Yeah, but I think Stroud would be the one that's the biggest uh, eye grabber there, attention grabber. Yeah, I would with, agree. Uh, I would his agree. name being on that list. Hasn't turned the ball. Hasn't turned the ball. Hasn't thrown a pick. I know. I know. Save it. Save it. We're, 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 oh, i got to get over here. Save it. We're going. Oh, right I know. Here. I see. Oh, he's a rookie? Question mark? He's okay. a rookie? C.J. Right. Stroud is? Nice. Um, so, so, uh, Buffalo and Miami play this weekend and, uh, you did yeah. your AFC power rank because you could do your NFC at the end of this week. Uh, we are not going to do the entire top five of the AFC, but I think it's pretty easy to say those two teams plus probably Kansas city would represent the top of the AFC right now. No, I think that's fair. Um, uh, I don't, I think it's fairly obvious. And I think Buffalo from that week one, it looks more and more like what we had said. I think they probably more lost that game than the jets really won it. Uh, what Josh Allen turned the ball over as many times as he did. Now Josh Allen's playing much better. The defense has been lights out. Uh, Sean McDermott kind of taking that thing back over, and they're playing great. Even with, you know, Tremaine Edmonds loses or leaves in free agency, you can make a case they're playing better uh, without him. Bernard's played really, really well in that spot. So the Bills are rolling there. The Dolphins we just talked about, we know what they bring to the table. And the Chiefs have kind of – I don't want to say that they're already on cruise control, but it just – they just you just pencil in twelve. You start with twelve wins with them. You see how many above that they'll end up getting. But I don't see them winning anything less than uh, twelve games. Uh, there were some surprises in this past week, none bigger. And and I felt like an idiot because we talked about Dallas last week. And I sit here and oh, say, me. boy, it could not have been a more favorable start for them. They get both New yeah. York teams in Arizona, and then they go out and lose to Arizona. What happened to Dallas? Well, I first of all, I, I issued a formal apology to the Arizona Cardinals and their organization <laughs> because I thought this was a foregone conclusion. They were going to wrap up the first overall pick. They're right. not going to be competitive. Their roster is brutal. Um, they were playing really hard for Jonathan Gannon. And I think Jonathan Gannon coming from Philadelphia had familiarity there with Dallas. That probably helped some as well. Um, but, you know, I could also say if Dallas could finish drives, it wouldn't have been a problem. They just have not been good in the red zone offensively this season. That's been kind of their Achilles heel, and it caught up to them on this one. So, um, it, it goes to remind you, and there's a reason why these survivor pools where people, you know, it seems like there's, it should be pretty easy. And then most of those things reset after four or five weeks, because it's just such a hard thing to predict week to week in this league. And they didn't show up. They didn't show up. They didn't play clean game. And, uh, and now 
you know, we'll see how the digs thing impacts them going throughout the year, but that's a big loss for their defense yeah, as well. Tough loss. Uh, one of the top defenders, obviously, at the corner uh, in the NFL. You know, Arizona's a hair away from being 2-1. and one. I mean, they could have very easily beaten the Commanders in week one. And I was looking up some numbers on them. Like, it's interesting. They are defensively, I think they were dead last in quarterback hits, but they're like seventh in sacks. Yeah. So, in other words, you're making it count. You're not, you don't have the talent and the skill to be in these positions a lot, but when you are in those positions, you're capitalizing, you're making it count. Just one small statistic uh, there. But I think that kind of justifies how they're competitive like this. They are, you know, they're not the, they're not very talented. They have a lot of holes on this roster, but they play really, really hard. They're maximizing what they have. We are going to uh, get to one of the other big surprises, Jacksonville and Houston, in just a little bit. But before, we do that. Let's talk about Indianapolis beating Baltimore and Baltimore 22 to 19 with a backup quarterback. Now, I don't think Gardner Minshew is your garden variety backup quarterback. This guy has a yeah. lot of reps. He's started a lot of games and he played like a starter for them. Uh, surprising outcome, though, for Indianapolis to move to two and one and give Baltimore their first loss. Yeah, Baltimore was missing seven starters, so they were they were a little shorthanded there. But still, that's a tough place to go in and play. It's a real rivalry there, especially for the fans uh, in that city. I think to me, going back through that game, the, what stood out to me is the Indy front is really good. Uh, Quiddy Pay has turned into a really good player for them. He's got sacks in each of the first three games. Um, you know, all across the front, they're physical, they're long and fast. They they are a team that's uh, under Chris Ballard as the general manager is very traits based. They're very traits obsessed. So you'll see the longest, rangiest, fastest guys. Their draft class this last year was like off the charts in terms of the athleticism score that they had. Um, so they're fast, they're physical, they play hard. And Menchu, like you said, is, uh, you know, he's like, uh, we would say like a 4A player in baseball. He's better than a AAA player. He's not quite a major leaguer. Like he's, he's better than a backup, but he's not somebody you really want starting all the time. He's kind of in that in-between level there. Um, but, and he didn't play great, but they, uh, you know, they were able to get a win. It's a, it's a tough physical team, which uh, by the way, I had another point on that one. I was going to uh, hit you and give you a question on this. Okay. If you look at the, if you look at the balance of power in the big 10, you know, that it was in Ohio state's favor for so long. And then Michigan right. has taken this thing over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Is it a coincidence that those Ohio state teams, which was the Bosa brothers, Chase Young, defensive lineman after defensive lineman after defensive lineman. Now you look up over the last few years, you watch games on Sundays, you know, which college has the most NFL sacks right now. Is it Ohio three state? weeks of the season. It's Michigan. It's Michigan. Michigan. You've got okay. Aiden, 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 Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson. You've got Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Quiddy pay who we just talked about. Uh, Dana yeah. with the, they've got, They've kind of quietly done a better job with defensive linemen over the last few years than Ohio State has. Yeah, so you can look to the NFL and see maybe why the tide has turned on the collegiate. That's what I'm saying. You kind of points yeah. points yeah. back, and you can kind of look yeah. at it and say, oh, wait a second, there's a reason why they've got this thing turned around in Michigan. Ravens-Browns, that has become a really fascinating division now. The Ravens look like the class of that division. The Browns um, are 2-1. Are and one. Those two teams mm -hmm. play in Cleveland. All of a sudden, the Steelers look more competent. I saw you tweet about the play at Kenny Pickett Sunday better, night, how much, much more competent better. he looks. Um, that has become – and then Cincinnati was clinging to life. They get the win on Monday night. Um, boy, that, that's a, it's, it's always an interesting division, the FC Central. Uh, but I think this weekend, the way the Steelers just played, and now with Ravens and Browns playing one another Sunday, kind of a fascinating spot in that division. Yeah, it is. And look – 
Kenny Pickett, we talked about him previously. It did not look pretty early on, but I didn't think he was playing with a lot of, of sureness, a lot of confidence, just letting it rip, playing aggressive, using his legs. He did all those things in the game the other night. Um, and I don't think the bar is super high for him. Like Their defense is really good. So they don't need him to play at some elite, elite level to go win ball games. He plays like he did the other night. They'll be a playoff team, you know, because the defense is good enough. Just, just be aggressive, make a couple big plays, which he did. The big home run ball to to Calvin Austin down the field, uh, taking off and running, making some things happen. And then, uh, you know, it was interesting. I was looking at the Browns going through their tape, and you know, Deshaun Watson played in kind of a spread and shred offense at, at Clemson, just catch, rock, and throw from the gun. He goes to Houston. They use him the exact same way. He's wildly successful. Everything obviously takes place. He misses time. Uh, he just looked, has not looked comfortable at all in Kevin Stefanski's offense with, with Nick Chubb and that offensive line and that system. A lot of under center, even when you're in the gun play action, a lot of play action stuff. So I'm watching this game. Deshaun Watson, one of his best games that he's played, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of charting it, keeping notes, and I'm like, man, it feels like – they're do, using it a little bit more with him just in the gun, no play action. And I'm like, he's having all the success. And they'd go under center and be a sack. And then he'd be in the gun. It'd be play action. He'd throw the ball away. Gun, play action, sack. So I'm like, I got to pull these numbers up. So I go through and through PFF, you can kind of pull all this stuff up. In, play, in the non-play action pass this last week, he was 18 for 22 with, with a drop as well. So it should have been 19 for 22, like 178 yards, something like that. Uh, no sacks, a touchdown, no picks. And then when he's on play action, he was like 7 of 15, 8 of 15, had a touchdown, but not, not as many yards, not much yards, took three sacks. I'm like, okay, maybe now with the Nick Chubb injury, maybe a little bit of a good thing that could come out of that is they'll start using Deshaun, Jack, or Deshaun Watson where he's comfortable, get him in the gun yeah. and let him you know, catch, rock, and throw. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, really good insight there. And on Pittsburgh, I, I wanted to bring up too, one thing that seems to have helped Pickett, he, he's got that really, it seems like anyway, a really good chemistry with Fryermuth right now is the tight end. He's really good tight yeah. end. Seems like anytime the play's breaking down, he's able to find him. Yeah, I thought his eyes were working well too. He was getting through his yeah. progressions pretty quickly. Um, their offensive line, um, I'm curious to see how long before they kind of make some tweaks and adjustments there. They've got some young, talented players that haven't, you know, Broderick Jones, that they haven't totally let get going yet. Dan Moore still out there playing at left tackle. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, um, I, I left that game thinking, okay, that was kind of the Steelers team I thought that we would see this year. He is Daniel Jeremiah. It is DJ Football. He's with the NFL Network at Move the Sticks on Twitter. The show presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round at MyBookie.ag and get that sign-on bonus. Uh, up to, or actually uh, 110%, not up to, 110% of your uh, initial deposit there, 110% sign-on bonus. You can use it right away there at mybookie.ag. That's when you use code next round. code next round at mybookie.ag. If you need some advice on some games to play there, lanceslock.com is the place to go. LT has been red hot in football. He's got uh, single day packages, weekly packages, monthly packages, full season packages. Right there at lanceslock.com, lanceslock.com, and mybookie.ag code next round. All right, up next, the three percenters. It's really two and a half Wait, percent. Stop, 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 stop. I think I, did I, I wanted to tell you if I figured this out because I've been staring okay. at the three percent. I don't know what it is. You didn't tell me what it is. I didn't is this three percent? Is this three percent of the team that start zero and three make the playoffs? Yep. Is that what that is? And it's really right. two and a half percent since expansion, okay. two and a half percent. So none of these teams are going to recover, are they? You just saw one of them, Minnesota. Denver is 0-3 yeah. after they're thrashing by Miami. Chicago is a dismal 0-3. Carolina is an 0-3 nope. with a hurt quarterback. 
Minnesota would be the only one that would stand any sort of chance here. Did you see anything out of the Vikings that says they can at least turn this around enough to compete for their division and make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, there's just talent offensively. The offensive line is not very good. Kirk Cousins, I mean, and I know he's getting a lot of grief for the interception late in the game, but he was under constant duress. The Chargers hit him the entire game. Um, and Justin Jefferson's not somebody that's similar to Tyree Kill, where it's just, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you slow him down. I don't know how you stop him. They couldn't. Um, so they're going to score points with that, even with some of their, you know, some of their issues up front. They'll get some guys back here. Bradbury didn't play in that game. Um, they'll get a little bit healthier on the front. Defensively, they're not they're not equipped to play the way Brian Flores wants to play. I mean, they blitzed getting off the bus. It was like oh, like one of the highest blitz percentage games, uh, zero coverage games that we've seen like the last decade. So, I think he's going to have to adjust that a little bit. I don't think he has the corners to hold up. I mean, Keenan Allen went eighteen for two fifteen in that game. So, um, I think they're going to be in a lot of shootout type games. But I think the offense is good enough um, that they'll hang around. I don't I don't necessarily know that they'll get to the postseason, but they're clearly way above everybody else that's in that 0-3 group right now. Yeah, Chicago in that same division is just so bad. I don't know if you buy into tough QBR. Watch. It is a tough watch. I don't know if you buy into QBR. If I ask right now, worst QBR in the NFL, everyone watching would say Zach Wilson. They would all be wrong. Mm-hmm. The answer is Justin Fields. And it yeah. is... It is just it, you're right. It's a tough watch. You you cannot watch them. It is it is a broken team right now. Yeah, I I would equ- equate those together in that on Monday, you know, we have our podcast that we do, and we have to go through the top games, and we want to be able to touch on the other games, even if we're not going to do a deep dive. And those are the two teams that I just I just woke up and I was like, I can't, I just can't, I can't watch the Bears offense. I can't watch the Jets offense. I just can't do that to myself. I want to start my week off right. I don't want to get in a bad mood. I don't want to lose my appetite. Um, It's just so hard to watch, man. Completions should not be that hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and you know, it's been a mess for them. Obviously they lost a coordinator uh, in a situation that is still ongoing, Justin Fields was openly critical uh, and tried to back uh, backtrack it, but the words had already been said. He's basically mm-hmm. was told in the offseason, don't run as much. And um, I, I just I don't understand why you would have watched him at Ohio State, drafted him, and then ever tell him not to run. What did you think you were getting yeah. in Justin Fields? That was his superpower. I mean, that's what yeah. he, that's what he does, and that's why you should build a team, kind of build a bully, as they like to say, and just load up on offensive linemen and tight ends, and say that's what we're going to do. We're going to just going to try and bludgeon you with the run, and every now and then we'll be able to work off off that, take a you know deep play action. We're going to have wide open dudes down the field, but to ask him to just kind of sit back there, sift and sort, and and make reads and throws, that's not that's not who he is. Yeah. It really makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense the way they're trying. Uh, they were trying to use him, and their team is just really, really bad. They, they could be. First. They could be picking first and second. You know, when it's all said and done, they could have a couple. Think about that. So think about how you could change your franchise. Let's just say, let's just scrimmage it out real quick. You could say, okay, if you could, if you picked one and two, you could take. Say you take Caleb Williams and and Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow, you've really okay. changed your offense. But yeah, but what if you take Caleb one? And then, and let's assume, um, for discussion's sake, very, very early in the process, um, that everybody wants to come up for the number two quarterbacks. North Carolina kids, very, very talented. So, do they? Drake May does that fetch you a huge return? There's other teams. Arizona's could have two picks in the top ten. Is it possible you Chicago you could pick one 
and you could convince Arizona to give you their two top 10 picks to come up to take the second quarterback, you could pick, you could have three picks in the top 10 when this thing's all said and done. So, but I, I, and you're right about that, but here's, here's the drawback on that because it was not too long ago, the dolphins as a lifelong dolphins fan, they, I, I tried to never bring them up on this show. Um, they, they had three first round picks and, if memory serves, they went Waddle, Austin Noah, Jackson, it, and Noah Igbenoni. Yeah, correct. I think those were the three. One out, one out of three. One out of three. And that's one and a half thing. out of three. If you want to give one and a half. Austin. Yeah, Austin Jackson's yeah. still playing. Uh, Noah Igbenoni yeah. is playing for the Cowboys now. But mm-hmm. but 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 that's that's the point. Like you look, how many first round draft picks live up to their potential? I think in a normal draft, if you get half of them, that's probably above the norm. When you say. Yeah, but I mean, we also have in recent history the uh, you know when you look at the Jets and obviously the quarterback has masked the the rest of the talent. But when you get Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson in the top ten, turn yep, around, trade back it. up, and you get Jermaine Johnson, then you take Brees Hall. Like those are their first four yep. picks in that draft. You changed your you, now that's a numbers game. Now you got talent and right. numbers. Theoretically, you could change it if you had the quarterback not get hurt yeah. four plays into the season. Well, it's true. Yeah, I mean that's that's the uh, that's the other factor. But that's I mean catch. ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, you've got to draft well. I mean, that goes without saying. But my point is, you're playing an odds game. If you're going to draft three first-rounders, you are going to have to be really good because the odds tell you not all three of those are going to work out. And it's even more so if I've got three top ten picks because if you look at the top ten, I'm expecting that guy to have a near Hall of Fame career. Uh, There is a very low chance I'm going to draft three guys that are going to have a near Hall of Fame career in one single draft. If so, I'm Ozzie Newsome. Or somebody like that. I'm just really, really good at what I do. But in saying that, I don't use can't miss. But when you look at Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., you're talking about guys who are going to have very long track records and who are, you know, are comped in a very, very small group of players that have come into the league over the last decade. And it, you know, and then so it's like you feel like if if those are two of them. You feel like I feel pretty good about having two pretty for sure things, and then let's see what happens with the with the third one. Either way, it's got to be a draft that makes them a watchable product. Right now, they're not watchable. They are not watchable at all. That's the Bears. We'll talk about rookies in one second. A reminder, DJ Football presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign up for MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-up bonus 110% of your initial deposit there in MyBookie.ag. Use it right away, win it, and it's yours forever in MyBookie.ag. That is when you use code next round bet anything anytime anywhere with mybookie.ag code next round also don't forget the uh, clothing from roback they got the quarter zips the soft hoodies the 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 golf shirts we'll get you some roback.com code tnr20 uh, at checkout to save 20 percent of your first order roback.com tnr20 they're awesome you do need to try them if you have it I'll, I'll i'm working on it i'm working on it okay all right all right all right I'm working on that. Figure it'll be, it'll be breaking down. We're talking about Caleb Williams and his Hall of Fame career by the time that jacket shows up. We'll get it. We'll get it. I promise. <laughs> uh, let's talk about he's a rookie. You mentioned CJ Stroud. When uh, I was putting this together, he was fourth in the league in passing, yeah. and he just got passed barely by Matthew Stafford on the Monday night game. Um, when we looked at this rookie class, I think, you know, Bryce Young was obviously the number one pick. Yeah. It's kind of funny. You look back on it now, and everybody got so upset at that one play and that one win that cost Houston the number one pick, you never know when it might be a blessing in disguise. I'm certainly not giving up on Bryce Young. He's an immense talent. But, buddy, early on, C.J. Stroud has looked the part as the Houston quarterback. 1,000%. He's taken 
all of the good parts of his game in terms of the you know the ability as a as a passer and as a thrower. I said at the combine it was the best combine throwing session that I'd ever seen with him. And I, I was it wasn't hyperbole. I wasn't caught in the moment. I've seen guys throw it harder. I've seen guys throw it farther. I've seen guys make more impressive throws on the run. I've never seen somebody just as pinpoint accurate as he was with the desired velocity and the desired you know trajectory on every single throw. Whatever it required, he he delivered. And that's not something that's easy to do when you're throwing to a bunch of guys you don't know at the combine. So, and then you see him on the tape, you can see all these different types of throws. So as a thrower, very gifted. Now the, the, the knock on him and the question was when you get him under pressure before we got to the Georgia game, there had been issues with him having to reset, move around and deliver the ball accurately. Didn't have a real lot of a playmaking gene to him so much. It was more just kind of on time and rhythm, uh, execute the play as it's called, but didn't really play outside the, the bubbles very much. Then the Georgia game happens, and he shows you can do all that stuff, which is a great reminder in scouting that if you do it once, we know you can do it. And so, so far early in the season, not only has he made all those throws, the fact he hasn't thrown a pick is is evidence to the fact that there hasn't been a panic to his game. There's been a calmness and a poise. He's he's been able to navigate around the pocket, around some some muddy areas. They're missing linemen. They're missing three linemen or something like that last week. So um, he's been able to make that happen. And it's been fun to not only watch his growth and development, but to see a guy in Tank Dell who looks like he could finally be making that tank prediction look good. It took us three weeks, Ryan, but we got there with a tank prediction. What What, what is uh, tanks for nothing? What is the uh, record of the uh, fantasy team right now? Uh, 0-3. We're 0-3. Oh, yeah. We are yeah, we're off to a rough spot. This is what happens. I take, guys three, I take guys three rounds too early. And then yep. uh, and then I'm a year too early. That's what happens. You know where I'm, you are? I'm You're a year too early. You're I'm a three percenter. You're zero three. Yeah. You got no shot at the playoffs now. You got no shot. That's no, well, I know. I think this is a forgiving. I think it's fourteen teams. Six okay. make it. Okay. So is that you the same odds there. as the? Yeah. A little bit better. Maybe odds so. Than, Maybe so. Than, yeah, yeah, a little better. Yeah. So, do I remember correct with CJ Stroud that the unnamed scouts? Talked about how maybe he didn't read defenses very well. He wasn't asked to do that no, as much. No, no. Do, do you remember it was the the S two test? Oh, that's right. Remember that's it what it was. Yeah. S two cognitive yeah. test. Yeah. And the scores. Yeah. Somebody leaked the scores, and he had a really low score. Um, and so then that was a big that was a big storyline there for a few weeks in the in the run up to the draft. But yes, not a great not a great uh, it's not a great testimony for the uh, for the test at this point in time. The way he's played, let's just put it that way. He's done quite well. What a, what a surprising outcome for them to go to Jacksonville and beat the Jags, who appear to definitely and probably still are. The class of that division, Tennessee is yeah. awful. They can't score to save their life. Houston, it looked like, you know, it was just a rebuild, obviously, uh, you know, in D'Amico Ryan's first year. Jacksonville looked like uh, the strength of that division. And for them to go in and beat them the way they did, that was a very impressive win. Yeah. And yeah, it was not close. And the, no, other, the, elephant, the, the, the elephant in the room is that Trevor Lawrence is not playing very well this yeah. year uh, on that side of things. So look at that. That draft, you had Trevor Lawrence, who's not off to a great start. Zach Wilson, who I can't imagine there's much more of him we're going to see. Uh, Trey Lance has already been traded. Justin Fields, yep. you just mentioned, has got the lowest QBR in the league. And Mac Jones has just been okay. You know, yep. there's not, nothing. I, I don't think anybody in New England would say we've got our guy for the next 10 years. No, I don't think no, they're no. thinking that at all. So all the hype and buzz about that. Now, it was great because it gave us great ratings for that draft because we got a lot of guys we could talk about at the, at the most important position. But so far, at least through this part of the year, the way that Trevor's playing, I think, has been pretty disappointing. You know, it's, NFL is just such a funny game. Uh, it is so tight every Sunday because if I'm a Jacksonville fan, I go into Sunday thinking, hey, it's a good day for us, right? 
Um, Tennessee's playing Cleveland. Cleveland's pretty good. Indianapolis is at Baltimore. They're going to lose up there. We'll be able to put some distance because we get Houston. We're not going to lose to Houston. All of a sudden, Indianapolis beats Baltimore. You lose to Houston, and you don't put any gap with anyone other than Tennessee. Nope. Um, it's going to be a competitive, a competitive division. And I mean, you haven't even talked about Carolina yet, you know? So, yeah. uh, as I, as I mentioned in that first week, Carolina, one of the underrated <laughs> NFC slash AFC South teams. <laughs> yeah. That division is pretty wild too, with, uh, with Derek Carr going down and, uh, in their game, yeah. uh, Desmond Tampa's Ritter, still in a good spot. I, I know. Tampa, I mean, well, that's I mean, a tough loss. Yeah. They're still in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, they're 2-1, and one, and Baker Mayfield has mm-hmm. played pretty well. Now, look, they were playing Philadelphia. They had their hands full with the Eagles. I don't think anybody yeah. expected anything differently in the Monday night game. Um, Desmond Ritter has just not played well for Atlanta. I no. mean, they are so quarterback-challenged. I mean, it is not outside the realm of possibility that Tampa wins that division. I mean, that would not be the craziest prediction you could make after three weeks. No, I'd feel pretty good about it right now, to be honest with you. Um, but – I'll keep going back to the Kirk Cousins thing. Everybody says Cousins to the Jets. To me, Cousins to the Falcons is the one that I like. Boy, it'd be a game changer. I mean, is there a possibility? Is there buzz in the league that that could happen? Nothing. 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 No, the only yeah. buzz. The only buzz is taking place on DJ football here with me and Ryan. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it would be fantastic to see. I don't care. I mean, I'm a, unless I mean, they're I'm hiding a... behind your fake brick wall. If they're behind that fake brick wall, then I know hey. that there are people listening. That's a real brick. Give me, give me a knock um, on that. Is that real? Give me a knock on well, that. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to scratch my knuckles. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Falcons are a quarterback away from being a really, really good team. And Kirk Cousins. I mean, the, again, the guy is leading the NFL in passing yardage. Could you imagine what he could do with all those weapons oh, in Atlanta? It'd be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fun. Maybe, maybe it doesn't happen this year in terms of the trade, but that would be an interesting target in free agency. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody you could get that could play quarterback there. Uh, would be fun to watch. It is DJ football in front of a real brick wall. We are uh, presented by mybookie.ag, code next round, mybookie.ag, code next round. You get that sign-on bonus right now, 110% of your initial deposit right away. And you can use it right away at mybookie.ag. That is when you use code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag, code next round. All right, last week we got DJ to rank his top five AFC teams. So this week, we are going to do the same exercise in the NFC coming off a night where Philadelphia went to Tampa, we were just talking about, and won on Monday Night Football and looked pretty good in doing it. Let's go 5-1 to one with your NFC Top 5. All right, let's go 5-1. to one. I'm going to start first of all. We're going to stay in the north for 5-4. and four. We're going to go with the Detroit Lions at number 5. Uh, I don't think that should be too big of a surprise. The expectations were big for them coming into the year. We talked a little bit earlier about Aiden Hutchinson, the, the way he's played early in the season. Their rookies have been great. Jack Campbell, the rookie linebacker out of Iowa. Brian Branch has been great as their nickel. Um, you look on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Gibbs, Laporta, that's going to turn out to be a heck of a draft class for the Lions. Um, they're going to end up meeting my number four team this week uh, in a rematch from a game at the end of the year that the Lions won. So I'll go Green Bay four, Ryan. Uh, I've got the- Green Bay four. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. The best game no, no. in the NFC this week. Uh, Bills Dolphins the best game of the weekend. But that Thursday night Amazon Prime game matching uh, Detroit and Green Bay, they're in Lambeau Field. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's the best NFC game of the weekend. 100%. And Jordan Love, uh, big, uh, big finish last week. So 
he just he keeps showing you that he's made of the right stuff. He can make every throw. He's now starting to be a little bit creative, buying time, extending plays, making things happen. Again, another team with a bunch of young guys. These these two teams are positioned to dominate this division for a very long time with the youth that they have, uh, and they're off to great starts. So I would go Detroit, then Green Bay. What you want to guess on number three? What do you want to guess on number three? Uh, you're going to have Philadelphia and San Francisco as your top two. Um, you it's know, I mean, I, well, I would have said Dallas, but Dallas just right. played poorly. Is it Dallas? They did. It's Dallas. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them a mulligan on the Arizona thing. Um, okay. Uh, they look. They just they didn't play clean. They didn't play great. The yards were still there. They're still moving the ball up and down the field. They got popped a little bit in the run game defensively. They were, you know, just had some gap discipline stuff that caught them. Um, don't love the fact that you lose a big time corner and digs to injury, but I still think when you stack up the rest of the NFC, I still think they got so much talent. Uh, they're going to be number three, and then really the decision comes uh, yep. with San Francisco and Philly how to how to sort that out. If you're telling me, I push the fast forward button to when they meet and who I think will win that game, I would take Philadelphia. But if we're doing a power ranking, a true power ranking, where they are, what they've accomplished, what they've looked like this year, I, I would go San Francisco one, Philadelphia two. Uh, but to me, there is, there are those two teams, and where we thought the Cowboys had joined that party, they have they've been uninvited. It is a, it is a two team conference, and they can sort out three, four, and five. But that's the collision course we're all headed towards. Just on offense, let's do this real quick on offense between yep. San Francisco and 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 Philadelphia. Philadelphia has the yes. offensive line advantage. What would you say check. that? Check. 100%. Okay, check. Tight end has got to go to San Francisco. It's good. Now Philadelphia ain't yeah. bad, but San I like Goddard. I like Goddard, but I would yeah. take San Francisco. All right, you take San Francisco. Uh, at yep. wide receiver, I mean, Debo Samuel will make him a wide receiver for purposes of this discussion, though he does a lot of different things. Brandon Ayuk, mm. Debo Samuel. Uh, on the other side, you've uh, you've got some pretty good wide receivers in Philadelphia there with Devontae AJ Smith. Where, yeah, AJ Brown. Where would you go there? It's that tight. one's a tough a one. It's that yeah. at the very. You know, I might even even just cheat it and say that one's a split. That that's a okay. I'm fine with that. Even there. Yeah, even I'm fine there. with that. All right. So running back Christian McCaffrey is obviously really really good, but I mean the way DeAndre Swift just played it's a Monday night football. Yeah, yeah. Swift, Swift has been awesome, but I would say that is a product of the offensive line. When you go back, okay. and, I mean, you would have got, you would have had sixty-eight yards rushing in that game, Ryan. Uh, he went over <laughs> well over a hundred behind that group. So I, to me, Christian McCaffrey, you have a chance to play with one of the guys. You take McCaffrey, especially what he does in the pass game as well. So I, I would give San Francisco the edge at running back. And then at, at quarterback is good. I mean, he's never lost a regular season game. I get that, but I'm going to go Jalen Hurts here, though, right? Over Brock Purdy. Be more scared of Jalen Hurts, absolutely. Yeah. And Jalen can play outside the play design as well. So he hasn't played as good uh, so far this year. There was a miscommunication on one of those interceptions last night. But nonetheless, I yeah, I think talent-wise, I would go with Jalen Hurts. So, again, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty even, man. I think I know. that could be the difference offensively is, is the quarterback, although Brock's played well. So it's it's yeah. very evenly matched. Again, the guy's never lost a regular season game. I do anticipate that streak to come to an end at some point in our lifetime, that mm -hmm. he will lose a regular season game. Would you Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, that's coming. Uh, I think it's going to come when they play. I think the Philadelphia matches yeah. up well with him. If you go on the other side of the ball, the defensive lines, you can make a case as a wash. They're, they're both yep. stacked. Linebackers is a decided edge for San Francisco. Secondary is... I, I might lean towards San Francisco there as well. It's close. Okay. Um, I, at the corners, I feel good about Philly. The safeties are still a little bit. It's a little bit sketchy. They're a little shaky. So, 
I think defensively, I might go a little bit San Francisco offensively, a little bit Philadelphia. It's it's going to be a heavyweight match, man. And they do legitimately hate each other, so that's what's fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent discussion because those two teams are built a lot alike and they play a lot alike and they're both really, really good. They are very, very difficult outs for anybody in the NFC or the AFC for that matter. Whenever either one of those meets the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, it's going to be a really good game, I think. <laughs> just keep Tua healthy. Let's just keep Tua healthy. Knock on wood. And then uh, and then that's going to be a fun ride. I love the fact that you get another team to crash the party because it feels like it's been Cincinnati, Buffalo, KC for the last couple of years. Yep. We need somebody else to get in there. They scored 70 points without Jalen Waddle even playing, DJ. Imagine if Waddle played. Um, they might have scored 100. They were trying to run the clock out, and they couldn't stop scoring. I know it was insane to watch. Like Mike White comes in and he finds Robbie Chosen wide open for a deep ball. Like, so what, what, what is so even happening here? The question then is after watching what we've just said is the best offense in the NFL, yep. do what they did in Denver Broncos. Now, what is the gap between the best offense in the NFL and the worst offense in the NFL when the Bears play the Broncos this week? Like, how many points do the Bears put up on a team that just gave up 70? If if that game were in my backyard, I would ask them not to tear up my grass. I mean, can you imagine having to watch that? Can you imagine having to watch that game? Oh. Yeah, not not going to be. I, I almost picked it. I had to pick the games. I I have my yeah. son and his buddies pick the games usually down at Baylor, but we uh, we were the only ones who picked the uh, Broncos to beat the Dolphins last week. So I had to pull. I had to take. I had to take the the wheel back a little bit so um, i make the picks this week just a week suspension and then i'll get him and his buddies back in the in the mix next week but uh, i i almost picked the game to be like 13 13 because i was like what could be the most weird Uh, game i mean i was legitimately worried about the game i mean like waddle is out you know uh, tyreek hill had been a little bit banged up i you know miami has been the story of the first two weeks that offense has moved so well you know i was i don't know shows you how the nfl is it's completely unpredictable i was legit worried about that game and it's 42-13 before you can even think twice, you know? You know. It's crazy. It's a weird it league, man. It is. I love it. All right. Uh, another week is on the way. Starts Thursday night with Detroit at Green Bay. DJ Football presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round. When you sign on at MyBookie.ag, get that sign-on bonus of up uh, of 115, uh, 110%. Excuse me, 110%. I'm not adding anything for them. 110% still a great deal. <laughs> At mybookie.ag, code next round when you sign on uh, to get 110% in your sign on bonus there at mybookie.ag for this week only when you use code next round. Also, get all your plays at lanceslock.com, red hot in football. And uh, they've got weekly, uh, daily, weekly, monthly, season long packages, lanceslock.com and roback.com for our apparel. Code TNR20 at checkout to save 20%. All right, enjoy all the football, DJ. We'll see you next week. See you, buddy.